Welcome into the Chiefstone Podcast. Farzi Misuki here with you for another episode of the Chiefstone Podcast. Your host here for the Chiefstone. Thank you guys as always downloading and listening to the podcast. You guys know the drill. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzi Give it a like on there. And follow me on Twitter at Farzi21. If social media is not your thing, maybe it is. That's fine too. You guys can email me, farzine at farzimasugian.com. Gonna definitely talk about the free agency, some of the free agent players for the 2018 offseason and who I think the Chiefs should target, look after, positions that I think the Chiefs will try to address the most in the offseason. I was also going to talk about some possible players that they could draft, but listen, and I'll be honest, I don't have the biggest familiarity with college football, so I looked at some of the mock drafts and the Chiefs obviously don't have a first-round draft pick, so their first pick doesn't come until late in the second round, and some of the players that I have seen available around when Kansas City picks. I've seen a lot of mock drafts uh, predicting that the Chiefs go after a cornerback and some of the cornerbacks available either during Kansas City's pick or who who they're expecting the Chiefs to pick or before and after KC picks uh, are just not very good. Statistically speaking, watching the game film wasn't really impressed with what I saw. And listen there, I mean, it's kind of to the point where they are late second round picks. So you're not necessarily expecting a guy who could be a star instead of player. And listen, uh, we all know Kareem Hunt, who has been taking a couple of Rookie of the Year awards, including one from the Pro Football Writers of America Association. So uh, he's been collecting some of those Rookie of the Year awards, uh, and he was a third round pick. So you never know what these sometimes uh, but I think it's best to wait on that a little bit later in the offseason when we have the combine, when we have uh, some of the uh, scouts that are out there that have evaluated these guys a little bit more. Because once mid to late February rolls around, we'll have a much better understanding with how uh, the draft is going to pan out and who's going to go where. And really at that point, most of the mock drafts will be fairly accurate at that point. Of course, we're always going to be in for a surprise here and there, but uh, I decided that we'll just focus on free agency for this podcast, but there will be a podcast in the future, and I I said this last podcast, we'll definitely have guys like Matt Miller, Dan Shonka, friends of the podcast, who will be back on here uh, at some point to help us break down some of the players before and after the uh, the draft, and uh, really what we can expect from Kansas City, and not to mention either... There's also talks about Alex Smith possibly being traded and the Chiefs possibly getting uh, some draft picks in the first, second round. Uh, we'll see what opportunity opportunities there are for the Chiefs and what they could get for Alex Smith if they decide to trade him. Uh, but a lot of the reports do point to the Chiefs doing that. So it might be better to do some of the draft talk later on in the offseason. But for now, we're going to focus on Free agency, definitely talking about that. And later on in the podcast, I'll give you guys my predictions for the conference title games. Plus, you won't believe what one couple in Denver did. I want to talk about that later on. Also, one athlete took steroids and took a lie detector test to prove that he he did not know that he was taking steroids. I'll tell you why I don't think that is worth believing later on in the podcast. But for right now... Definitely want to talk about free agency. Talked about who the Chiefs could lose in free agency and who I think they should retain on the last podcast. If you haven't heard that yet, go check it out. The most recent episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. This podcast, definitely want to talk about other players who could hit free agency in March and who I think the Chiefs should go after. Now, as far as specific needs, let let me just start off by saying this. 
I think the Chiefs definitely need a backup quarterback, and more specifically, a veteran backup quarterback. The running back position, uh, I don't know if I would touch that really too much. Maybe you get a guy uh, who's who's been a journeyman in the NFL, or maybe you just get somebody late in the draft or an undrafted free agent at running back. Uh, fullback, hopefully they can retain Anthony Sherman. That would be very good. Tight end, uh, I know a lot of people not too happy with Demetrius Harris, his inconsistency, but then again, that is why he is a backup. Orson Charles, not too many happy with him in, ha- in his last uh, play with the Chiefs that, that we all remember, dropping a pass on third and two, even though the Chiefs should have ran that. Uh, but listen, that's why he was he's a third-string tight end that was signed very late in the season. Uh, it'd be nice to see, to see the Chiefs go after a backup tight end, especially in an offense that's been a very friendly tight uh, friendly offense for uh, quarterbacks and tight ends to work with. So he definitely could use a solid number two tight end uh, for this style of offense. Uh, kind of similar to how some teams do have a pair of 1,000-yard receivers. Well, uh, I don't think the Chiefs would have a pair of 1,000-yard tight ends, but uh, there's no doubt that there's room for a number two tight end to really excel and make some plays and help propel the offense. For 2018 and beyond, especially with Pat Mahomes and some of the progress and signs that he has shown for the future, definitely worth looking into. Uh, as far as the biggest needs, I think it's at the line of scrimmage for Kansas City, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the football. And some of you guys have given your suggestions as to who you guys want to see. And defensively, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of room for improvement. I think they can do some of that through the draft, some of it through free agency. And maybe they've got some guys, uh, some young guys on the roster right now who could maybe step up. And make some plays. But there is one player on the team who I think can make a big impact for Kansas City. And I think would really excel under Andy Reid. Both professionally and personally. I'll tell you guys who that is. Plus, I'm going to suggest a 41-year-old player. Who the Chiefs should go after in free agency. I'll tell you guys who that is as well later on in the podcast. Now, I like to start off kind of in order. Starting on offense and then going all the way through defense. Uh, Let's start with the quarterback position. Like I said, I I, I prefer a backup who has been around for a while in case Mahomes struggles immensely, which I doubt happens. Uh, But hey, expect the unexpected sometimes. You have to be ready for anything and everything. Uh, Also, the possibility that Mahomes could go down. Now, yes, Tyler Bray, there's a chance that he could stay. I'm fine with that as long as he's the number three quarterback. Uh, And I hate to judge just based off what we saw in that brief moment of him in that Broncos game, but man... Uh, you know, people have said Tyler Bray, why, why is he not getting an opportunity? Well, uh, I understand he had a great career at Tennessee, but there, there are always reasons why certain guys are third string guys or guys who are just inactive for almost the entire season. And Tyler Bray proved why that was the case with him. He proved why he was undrafted. Uh, when he was coming into the NFL. I believe in 2014 he went undrafted, if I remember correctly. Uh, 2013 or 24? Actually, it was 2013 now that I remember that. So, yeah, it was 2013. Uh, I, I, there, there, there are a myriad of reasons for why things like that happen. Now, is it possible that a really talented player is buried on a depth chart and once he gets that opportunity, he shines when given the chance and eventually remains a starter? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we know that's very rare. And again, I know people love the preseason. And and I heard all offseason about how great Tyler Bray looked in OTAs. Well, look, uh, he, he's he's a quarterback who obviously not going to get tackled by anybody. Plus, it's not a live game. I, I never take OTAs or training camp 
sessions too seriously because you're going up against your own guys and quarterbacks specifically they're protected heavily in practices <laughs> they've got the yellow jerseys for a reason so I never look into that too much I definitely would be concerned if Tyler Bray was the number two quarterback for the Chiefs I do have some ideas as to who the Chiefs should go after some veterans here you'll recognize a lot of the names here uh, starting with Matt Moore of the Miami Dolphins, long time back up in the NFL. Same with Drew Stanton of Arizona. Both of those guys, 33 years old. Chad Henney, also a journeyman uh, and has been around a long time in the NFL, 32 years old. Uh, a former Chiefs backup quarterback. I would not mind seeing him in the few times we did see him. Uh, certainly no complaints from this guy, Chase Daniel, who was with Washington to start off his career in the preseason. Got cut, went over to New Orleans, was a backup for, Jay, uh, for Drew Brees for a couple of years. And also backed up Alex Smith here in Kansas City. Now back in New Orleans. He's 31 years old. And I, I definitely think he is a viable guy to have on your roster as a backup quarterback for the right price. I start, I thought he was certainly overpaid in Kansas City. And I definitely don't think he's worth It was 10 years through, uh, for three years. Or $10 million three years in Kansas City. And again, that just goes to show John Dorsey not necessarily the best at some of the uh, contract he's doing. Just to give you guys an idea, his uh, his base salary, his cap hit, uh, which is the same with the New Orleans Saints, $900,000. There's no reason why uh, a backup quarterback should have, should have been making $3.3 million per year, which is what Chase Daniel was making while he was with Kansas City. No reason at all to make that kind of money. And listen, Chase Daniel seems like a very smart guy. Obviously very popular here in Kansas City. Former Missouri Tiger. Uh, not the only Missouri Tiger that I'm suggesting, by the way, in this uh, offseason program uh, for free agency suggestions. But definitely would not hurt to see him in Kansas City once again. And of course, I think he would love to be back in the area. Uh, an area where he spent a lot of time nearby. Uh, at the University of Missouri. Another quarterback that I think is worth looking into here, and this is a name you may be familiar with, Joe Webb, who uh, started his career with the Minnesota Vikings, spent a couple of years with the Carolina Panthers, and now uh, just in his only season with the Buffalo Bills. I'm actually surprised he did not come to Kansas City. Now, maybe he was considered, and maybe there was talks, but uh, he's been a free agent twice since Andy Reid's been in Kansas City. Once after 2013 and once after 2016. And neither time did Joe Webb uh, sign with the Chiefs. And again, maybe there were talks, but who knows. You guys may remember Joe Webb with the Vikings when Brett Favre uh, decided to come out of retirement and rejoin the Vikings. Or And I can't remember specifically uh, what year it was he had switched around. I think this was his first year. With the Vikings, but Joe Webb uh, goes off on a crazy uh, touchdown, uh, a play where he scrambles, long run for going to the end zone, and they showed Brett Favre's face several times, and the announcers jokingly thought that maybe uh, Brett Favre could possibly back up Joe Webb, but Joe Webb, I think the style that he provides under center in the NFL, I think I think he could reach his potential if he plays under Andy Reid. Uh, hasn't necessarily had that opportunity. Now, of course, a lot of things would have to happen. Maybe Pat Mahomes just plays flat out horribly or suffers an injury. Uh, but I, I'd love to see Joe Webb in a preseason game with the Chiefs. I'd be very excited. And I think he'd be kind of fun to watch too uh, with that style of um, with that style that he brings. Uh, if you were to watch a Chiefs preseason game and if Joe Webb was a quarterback for the Chiefs, I think you'd basically see Mike Vick. Uh, Joe Webb basically dressed up as Mike Vick. I think that'd be the best way to put it. 
Wide receivers, I think the Chiefs definitely could use uh, a, a, a veteran wide receiver. They've got some great wide receivers, uh, guys with great speed on the roster, but no one necessarily with veteran presence. There are a couple of guys worth looking into. Terrell Pryor has only been a wide receiver for a couple of years. I mentioned his name earlier. Uh, with the Washington Redskins this year, was with the Cleveland Browns the previous year. Now, his season ended early this year due to an ankle surgery, uh, ended, ending midway through the season. Best game in 2017 was against the Chiefs, 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he did have a 1,000-yard receiving season the previous year with Cleveland. And listen, let's be honest, if you can get 1,000 yards as a receiver with the Cleveland Browns, that's pretty impressive considering the quarterback convention they have on a consistent yearly basis. Danny Amendola, Long time with the St. Louis Rams and also with the New England Patriots. I thought he was, and I've said this before, I thought he was underused heavily with the Rams. And I thought he was going to be used much better with the Patriots. But he was actually used very similarly in New England. And I can understand there are, of course, bigger targets in New England. That That's also one thing worth considering. But I definitely do think Danny Amendola can be a true number one wide receiver and could be a Pro Bowl player in the NFL, I, if he can be the primary guy, and just in New England, I thought he could have been, like, I, I, I thought he, I thought he could have been 1B, meaning, you know, Brady's number one target, Gronk 1A, and Danny Amendola 1B, but that hasn't been the case for him. Uh, just to give you an idea, in the five seasons he's been with New England, he's surpassed the 600-yard mark three times, the other two times uh, surpassed the 200-yard mark. His best year statistically still was with the Rams in 2010, his second year, 85 catches for 689 yards with three touchdown grabs. Now, he did have four touchdown grabs in 2016, but barely surpassed the 200-yard mark with the Patriots that season. Maybe he could do better in Kansas City, especially when you need that veteran presence. And maybe uh, if you lose Albert Wilson, you definitely could use a guy like Danny Amendola. And if you keep Albert Wilson, listen, it's a pass-heavy league. And with Pat Mahomes... Uh, possibly taking over, you can definitely bring in all the weapons possible to help him excel in the passing game. And, and of course, don't forget your tight end, Travis Kelsey, uh, a very reliable tight end that you could use. Speaking of tight ends, uh, not a great market for backup tight ends. Uh, I would have suggested Zach Miller, uh, and not to be confused with the Zach Miller with uh, formerly with the Raiders and Seahawks. Uh, I'm talking about a different Zach Miller. The one with the Chicago Bears... Now, the problem is he has had some injuries the past couple of years, last year, this past year rather, suffered a devastating uh, knee injury, and when he got to the hospital, found out he he, suffered, he tore a big ligament in his knee that is career-threatening and personally uh, personal-threatening too, uh, could be amputated. Uh, I mean, best thoughts for him. If he's able to come back healthy and play football again, if doctors clear him, hey, certainly would not be open uh, or, or close to that idea. But obviously... Uh, Scouts and coaching staffs, uh, they certainly know better than we do. The only tight end I thought would be worth considering as a backup in Kansas City, Virgil Green. I suggested this before in Bleacher Report. Uh, With the Denver Broncos, 29 years old, has had one touchdown catch each of the last four years. And he's got some good speed for a tight end. And I think because of that, he'd maybe do better and a system under Andy Reid here in Kansas City, whereas in Denver, I don't, especially with the amount of head coaching changes, just hasn't necessarily had the chance to showcase himself there. Whereas in Kansas City, uh, I, I think maybe he could be used more often, and maybe you'd be able to see more of him uh, in, in a gridiron. So 
Virgil Green, really the only tight end I would be interested in seeing from free agency. Outside of that, if, if the Chiefs want a different number two tight end, if they want to move on from Demetrius Harris, uh, perhaps that comes in the draft. Uh, but I don't see anyone necessarily worthy of being a number two tight end in Kansas City, a new guy that that is. So maybe you do end up seeing Demetrius Harris staying in Kansas City for one more year. Offensive linemen, a couple of offensive linemen we're talking about. Uh, and this is a tough one to get into because of the contract situation with Eric Fisher, but Nate Soldier, is he a guy who who could be a viable replacement? And again, this this requires some some information, some discussion with the the cap situation, given that Eric Fisher is making almost fourteen million dollars for twenty eighteen. Not a good contract at all. Uh, thanks, John Dorsey, uh, but. Nate Solder, of course, long time with the Patriots, 29 years old. He's rated 34th on Pro, Fo- Pro Football Focus among all t- uh, tackles. Not great, but certainly better than Eric Fisher by a little bit, who's 38th. Uh, so that is something that's definitely worth considering. Uh, as far as interior guards go, Evan Smith, who's a guard with Tampa Bay, also can play center. He w- He's rated the 28th best guard. This is both left and right guards. Maybe a guy who could convert to center for Kansas City. And you guys know about uh, Kansas City's situation with Mitch Morse, Zach Fulton. Uh, some mix-ups there. Uh, who could Kansas City move forward with? Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardive, I think, is a very good underrated guard. Uh, and, and we all know about Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, of course, the second-team all-pro tackle for Kansas City. Uh, but the Chiefs definitely could use some help with that center position. And maybe Evan Smith is, is a guy the Chiefs could go after in free agency. As far as backups go, I think Chris Clark is someone worth taking a look at. Currently with the Houston Texans, formerly with the Denver Broncos, 32 years old. Not very high on pro football focuses list, 79th among all tackles, but uh, a guy who's actually done a good job filling in as a backup. If you guys remember, when the Chiefs were 9-0 in 2013, Chris Clark came in and pretty much silenced Tom Bahali in that football game, not letting Kansas City's pass rushers get even close to Peyton Manning. And listen, I, Peyton Manning, of course, uh, he's Peyton Manning. He, of, of course, made his adjustments. Uh, but give credit to Chris, Chris Clark, uh, not letting uh, those guys get close to Peyton Manning in that football game. So that is definitely a guy who, who maybe not good as a starter, but a reliable backup. And we'll see what the Chiefs want to do with Cameron Irving. But uh, you got some options in free agency, some good options as far as uh, guys who can provide depth at the offensive line. Defensive lineman, not very good uh, with uh, free agency. Just to give you an idea, Benny Logan is the second highest rated defensive lineman. Actually, the third highest defensive player among all uh, all free agents, according to Spot Track, when it comes to approximate value. The number one rated defensive lineman, according to Spot Track, is Ontari Poe. Two and a half sacks with the Atlanta Falcons and helping their rushing defense, and he had a big hand in that, uh, that finished eighth against the run. Now, let me just say this. Kansas City was up and down when Dontari Poe was in Kansas City as far as stopping the run, but Dontari Poe, I don't think, had a hand anytime the Chiefs weren't good against the run. He, he was able to help the Chiefs. In fact, do do good uh, anytime anytime there was a play up the middle. Dontari Poe was there to stop it at times, uh, but Reggie Ragland, who I think had a hand in helping the Chiefs look just a little bit, but even then, that's still progress you want. A guy who came in midway through the season, uh, Reggie Ragland definitely helped the Chiefs 
get a little bit better against the run. And if you have Dontari Poe in there, Chris Jones, I think, can do some things. And you've got Justin Houston, who's one of the better outside linebackers, not just as a pass rusher, but also against the run. Uh, Kansas City needs a lot more help, though. Uh, they really do. And again, not a good market for defensive free agents, especially if you're looking for guys to help you in stopping the run. Uh, so this is an, an area where I think Kansas City might still struggle. There aren't a lot of options out there. Uh, could Dontari Poe come back to Kansas City? Uh, you know, was there conflict with him and John Dorsey? I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. If they can free up some, some space by trading Alex Smith, maybe uh, perhaps Dontari Poe will be brought back to Kansas City if uh, Brett Veach can't pull off a deal there. So really, that he's the only defensive lineman that I looked at that thought was worth considering bringing in through free agency. I'll go back to linebackers in a moment because there's a big linebacker who I think uh, we we could spend some time talking about him. Uh, cornerbacks, uh, I think one cornerback worth looking into would be Brent Grimes. And I know the Chiefs have Marcus Peters and Darrell Revis. And Darrell Revis, listen, I, I know he did not look good, uh, especially in his debut against his former team, the Jets. But I think part of it has to do with the fact that, again, yes, sure, Bob Sutton, he's familiar with his defense. But I think spending an entire offseason with a team can have a huge impact and really benefit a player when it comes to trying to trying to do good and look great for a new football team. So I'd say give him the opportunity to prove himself. He's one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history for a reason. So definitely not ready to give up on him just yet. But even when you have Revis and Marcus Peters in a pass-heavy league, and listen, I think Derek Carr could definitely bounce back. You know Philip Rivers, I mean, he's always a threat to, to go big. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be facing a lot of great teams this year. They're going to be going up against Tom Brady again, Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of great pass, pastors, uh, and we see more of those in the NFL nowadays. You can never have enough good defensive backs. You've got Marcus Peters and Darrell Revis, I mentioned, Eric Berry, and I think Ron Parker is a very underrated defensive, uh, defensive back. Steven Nelson, I think, would be better if he was uh, used as, as a nickel corner or even in the die package if this player was brought in. But I think Brent Grimes, uh, who's been with the Dolphins for a while and currently with the Tampa Bay Bucks, he's 33 years old, but his veteran presence, I think, would be very good to have out there with Eric Berry and with uh, Darrell Rivas and Marcus Peters trying to grow as well. Uh, so I think that's a player who Kansas City should definitely consider. I said this a couple of years ago. Didn't happen, but... Uh, boy, uh, again, you can never have enough cor- good cornerbacks, defensive backs, I should say, uh, in a pass-heavy league, uh, especially with the way offenses have changed the past 10 years, getting away from the run more and more, and now we're seeing uh, teams just air it out more than we've ever seen before. So uh, we haven't seen a team necessarily stock up with so many great defensive backs. We know the Legion of Boom, they were great for a couple of years in Seattle. Kansas City, I think, is kind of trying to Im- implement what Seattle had with the Legion of Boom, uh, in which you have multiple pro bowlers uh, in different parts uh, of the secondary. And maybe Brett Grimes, again, a former pro bowler, could definitely have an impact. Maybe in a smaller role as his career has progressed, and he's kind of taken a step back. But again, if he was a slot cornerback, maybe he'd do a lot better at that, given at his age, 33. And maybe he could alternate with, uh, switching roles with Durrell Rivas. As well, so that's definitely something to consider for Kansas City as well. Special teams, the only one worth looking into is punter because Dustin Colquitt's set to be a free agent. Dustin Colquitt was an average punter, uh, kind of started off a little bit bad, but got got better as the season's gone on. Uh, here's a 41 year old I've been su- I, I, I'm suggesting Shane Leckler 
of the Houston Texans. Again, 41 years old, but has done a fantastic job in the NFL. He was second in gross punting average this year and 10th in net punting average. Seven-time Pro Bowler, nine-time All-Pro player, was part of the NFL 2000's All-Decade team, also holds the NFL record with 47.6 average yards per punt in a career. So definitely a guy who can still get the job done, even in his 40s. But if the Chiefs don't want to go in that direction with with that big of an aging veteran, well, look at Kevin Huber then, 32 years old with Cincinnati, 10th in gross punting average, and just outside of the top 10 in net punting. Uh, kind of similar to Dustin Colgan, just a little bit better. Uh, but maybe the Chiefs decide to hang on to Dustin Colgan. I mentioned his holding uh, abilities with the Chiefs. Not a lot of punters do that. Generally, you see backup quarterbacks do it. Some punters do it, but not as much. And that could be a factor as to why the Chiefs hold on to Dustin Colquitt and bring him back for 2018. Maybe a couple more years. That is something that remains to be seen. I do want to go back to the outside linebacker position. I saved this one for last for a reason. And I'm suggesting, and a couple of you guys did as well, for the Chiefs to go after Alden Smith. Formerly with the 49ers, uh, currently with the Raiders, well, unless he is let go, if if they let him walk. 28 years old, former Missouri Tiger, born in Raytown, Missouri. So he's from the area. That's one thing. Now, you guys know this. He's he's been in trouble quite a bit in the NFL. Multiple DOIs. Three, if I'm not mistaken, violated NFL substance abuse policy before, uh, violated personal conduct policies multiple times, has not played since 2015. And listen, we all know about Andy Reid, what he's capable of doing, bringing in troubled players, guys like Michael Vick, Marcus Peters, Tyree Kill. Uh, and again, maybe there are a couple other players who have been in trouble, maybe not big name players, but he's brought them in Kansas City and has helped them not just focus on the field, but also do better with their personal life. So I think Andy Reid uh, should definitely consider Alden Smith, and Alden Smith should consider playing for a guy like Andy Reid if if I'm Ben Dogra, who is Alden Smith's agent, I would get in his ear and say, and say hey, look. Andy Reid has worked with so many troubled players in the past. And, and again, I don't need to go over the names. The names are big by now. All of them who have become Pro Bowl players. Mike Vick had his best season under Andy Reid. Tyreek Hill playing much. Tyreek Hill was a running back in college, converting to wide receiver, and did a better job than a lot of number one wide receivers out there. Marcus Peters, a guy who was taken late in the first round, definitely should have been taken much sooner. Still kind of maturing, but the Chiefs have kind of found a way to, to work around that. And again, that suspension certainly helped him turn a corner. And maybe veteran guys like Eric Berry could help with that. Uh, at this point, I think it should have been solved. But uh, I don't think that's Andy Reid's fault. I mean, listen, I, if it was Andy Reid's fault, and again, I've defended Andy Reid for this. But when Marcus Peters threw that flag, a lot of people blamed Andy Reid. Look, if this was Andy Reid's fault, all 53 players would be throwing flags in the stands or... You know, shouting F you to fans. I, I, the, the, this is not an Andy Reid issue. Marcus Peters is a very difficult player to to work with. And again, I, I'm not making excuses for him either. But at the same time, I, I'd rather keep working with Marcus Peters at it than let him go to another football team. I told you guys the, the stats and the numbers, just how great he's been the past couple of years. Since he's been drafted, uh, arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now and is on pace to have one of the best careers uh, for a cornerback ever. 
you look at the fact, let's just say the Chiefs don't get any upgrades at cornerback. If you have Darrell Revis, and if he can spend a full offseason with the team, I definitely think he'll do better. You'll have one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history in Darrell Revis working alongside with a guy who could also end up being one of the best ever in NFL history. Like In a way, essentially, he'd be passing the torch along to Marcus Peters by the time his time in Kansas City is over. And that definitely would be good to see, uh, to see to see how these two do do in a full year, in a 16-game span. Again, ho- hopefully no injuries, but that's also assuming the best, which you, you should never do uh, in sports. But hopefully hopefully you, you end up getting that with, with this unit. But as far as Alden Smith goes, man, this is a guy who I think is a very talented player in Kansas City. Uh, even with Justin Houston being the best pass rusher, definitely did not have his best season and Kansas City could definitely use more power uh, at the outside linebacker position. And Alden Smith would definitely bring that. If he's reinstated, if he's if he's matured, and, and if he can do even better under Andy Reid personally, boy, it'd be great to see him wearing a red Chiefs jersey on game days and helping Kansas City's pass rush out. It would definitely make a, a big difference for Kansas City. And I think you would see Kansas City similarly in 2013 and 2016 where they... Uh, on top of the league in sacks and takeaways those two years, that would definitely help the Chiefs out if they brought back Alden Smith. And I think D. Ford's a guy who you would need to consider parting ways with, especially with that contract that he's got going into 2018. Let me know your guys' thoughts on all of this. Do you like what I had to say? Do you disagree with any of these guys? Is there anyone who I miss that you guys definitely think should be worth uh, mentioning and considering or who you think the Chiefs will definitely sign? Let me know. Facebook.com slash Farzi Wisugian. Like my page. Follow me on Facebook. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Email me as well, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Let me know your guys' thoughts on free agency and what you think about this list or other players that I may have missed and you think Kansas City should definitely consider or you think for sure will end up in Kansas City. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Certainly some strange news coming out of Pittsburgh. I I said this last week, and I think it's worth saying again. This has just been a really bad year for Pittsburgh when it just comes to a PR standpoint with Villanueva and and the drama that happened at the time with uh, Anthem protests and and how he went about it and how the Steelers' whole team was trying to go about it. Uh, There was a report that uh, Ben Roethlisberger said he's not allowed to check to a fourth and one quarterback sneak uh, of some sort. I mean, this just talks about that. Todd Haley, by the way, uh, his contract is up and his time in Pittsburgh might be up as well. Uh, According to Pro Football Talk, according to Mike Florio, some limited Steelers partners want a coaching change. Listen, I think Mike Tomlin's done a really good job with that organization, but at the end of the day, uh, when you're as good as Pittsburgh has been over the years, you want to find a way to get further. And it's not easy getting past Bill Belichick's team and the Patriots. It's just not. But at the end of the day, you are if you have high standards like the Steelers do, you need to find a way to overcome that and find a way to beat out Bill Belichick. And maybe the Steelers try to, try to do that. I don't know. Maybe head coaching changes the answer. Not really sure. But... That is what's being asked by some people. Shockingly, there was a head coaching change in Tennessee. There was there were rumblings that Mike Mularkey would be fired if the Titans 
lost to the Chiefs. Obviously not the case. We know how that ended. And it seemed like the Titans seemed to be supporting Mularkey and they were going to move forward with him. But lo and behold, two days after the Titans lose to the Patriots, Mike Mularkey is fired. Uh, so it seemed like the Tennessee Titans ownership, they were definitely set on firing Mike Mularkey before the playoffs even started. Kind of shocking. Uh, look, what is it that. What's the satisfaction requirement nowadays in the NFL? Look at Gary Kubiak. And I know he, he, I mean, look, sure he had Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning didn't have a good year. Coached the team to a Super Bowl win and went 9-7 and seven the following year, was eliminated at the end of week 16. But still, the, the Broncos weren't happy about that. They fired him. Nowadays, even if you finish above 500 or even win a playoff game, that doesn't seem to be enough to cover your own tail for, 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 for your job security. I, I just don't know how teams want to go about things. Because now look at Marcus Mariota. I know he had a big setback this year. Maybe you could blame that on Mularkey. But now Mariota and the rest of that offense, with some of the progress they did make, now you have to relearn a whole new offense, which is not fair to those guys. And it's going to set the Titans franchise back when, look, sure, maybe the regular season wasn't great, but... Do you think the Giants had two good regular seasons the years they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Uh, but the playoffs are a whole new ball game. They really are. They're they're not. They're, it's not the regular season. But very shocked to see them do that. One other thing before I give my conference title matchup predictions. Uh, another uh, report from Florio. Fox, ABC, NBC, and CBS all making bids for Thursday Night Football. And listen, Thursday Night Football, people have their up and down opinions of it, uh, but uh, the NFL will soon be selling the rights to Thursday Night Football at least for 2018 and possibly longer, and all four of the major broadcast networks have already placed bids on that package. Uh, According to Bloomberg, Fox has joined ABC and two other networks that split the package for the 2016 and 2017 year. Uh, CBS and NBC in submitting bids for the Thursday night contract. We saw that, of course. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm always intrigued by TV deals like this and how NFL teams want to go about certain things. But gosh, I've got to say, uh, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they try to go about it. ABC, of course, part, is under the same network as ESPN owned by Disney. So that'll be very interesting to see if... We see NFL games on ESPN more often, in addition to seeing them already on Monday Night Football games, uh, or having Monday Night games on ESPN. But gosh, that's uh, that's going to be a tricky one, uh, especially for ESPN, if they're going to continue to put all that money to broadcast Monday and Thursday Night Football. Very, uh, very interesting, and I think that's definitely worth keeping an eye out for and seeing uh, who comes away with the win. And let's not forget about the the UFC, a, a sport that's really grown over the years. And Fox has definitely been trying to go after the UFC, trying to keep them in. But we know the UFC does have other interests. And what about these these other networks, ABC, NBC, CBS? How much interest do they have in bringing in the UFC? Because uh, if you look at Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2, a third of their programming is UFC-related. Whether it's UFC events or just showing like all other UFC programming that they have. Like their preview shows, interviews, and whatnot. Uh, past fights, instant classics. Uh, they show a lot of that. So I'm going to be very uh, intrigued and see how Fox 
tries to go about this and trying to make a push for Thursday night football. And maybe Fox, if they lose the UFC and gain Thursday night football, maybe Fox will do a lot of reruns to try to make up for the one-third of UFC programming that they could lose. Predictions for conference championship weekend. Very exciting weekend of football. Maybe not the most ideal set of matchups, but at the end of the day, when things come unexpectedly, I do think that we could be in for another surprise. Not so much on the AFC side of things. I think it'll be a little close, like I said in the last podcast, but I think the Patriots are going to sneak through the Jaguars. I think Brady's going to have a really rough game, but he will do just enough to slip by and win and advance to yet again another Super Bowl for Brady, Belichick, and the rest of the Patriots. Meanwhile, on the NFC side of things, this was a really hard one to predict. You know, I think this is going to be somewhat of a low-scoring duel. Uh, I, but I, at the end of the day, I think the Vikings are going to be the team that come away with the win. And they are going to advance to a Super Bowl. They, they're 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Have never won a Super Bowl and to be the first team to play in your own home turf certainly would be a special moment, but we know it would not necessarily be home field advantage for the reasons I listed last podcast. So I think we end up seeing a Patriots and Vikings Super Bowl. The NFL will lose their minds if the Super Bowl comes down to Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. I, I secretly want, well now it's not so much of a secret, but I really want to see a Blake Bortles and Nick Foles Super Bowl matchup. Just so people can lose their minds about this matchup. But hey, we've been asking for a change, so if that happens, can't complain, right? We'll see. Let's go out of bounds. Hey, big ups to the Kansas Jayhawks coming away with a big win. Overcame a brutal first half, 16-point deficit, and beat West Virginia on the road. A remarkable second half by the Jayhawks. And a lot being talked about Bill Self's casual appearance in that game but look how far can Kansas go they've had some narrow narrow wins at Allen Fieldhouse lately they've already suffered two losses at Allen Fieldhouse this year uh look could KU win the Big 12 once again sure uh but but a a tweet that someone had and I, I quoted that and something that I've been saying for a long time conference titles are nice but they they don't mean everything they really don't Fans are going to say, oh, well, it's great for recruiting and it just shows we're better than all the other teams in our conference. Okay, great. That's cool and all. 13 straight conference titles would be would be sweet, but national titles, that's what it's all about. And KU only has three national titles, excluding the other two uh, helm titles they have. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm just not sure how far this Kansas team can go. They're, they kind of remind me of the Kansas City Chiefs nowadays. I think this is starting to become a more reasonable comparison to make. I've always compared Bill Self to Peyton Manning. Great regular seasons, but so many early exits in the playoffs. Uh, It's just gotten so disappointing as a Kansas Jayhawks fan, and I'm kind of feeling the same way as a Chiefs fan. I can't get too excited for regular season games. I know I've been very negative and critical of KU basketball, which might be the most successful sporting team we have when you include the, all the pro sports teams in Kansas City and the three big major colleges. KU basketball has cons- been consistently the most successful sports team we have out there, but for as great as they do in the regular season, they don't show for it consistently in the NCAA tournament. And I think that's, to me, that's just the mindset I'll always have when I look at this Kansas Jayhawks basketball team. I want to talk about this one. This one's very interesting. Of course, we all know Conor McGregor. He's a big-name guy for the UFC. 
he was became the first UFC champion uh, holding t- uh, belts in two different divisions. The UFC stripped him of one of his belts because they knew he was going to be out for a while trying to pursue the Floyd Mayweather fight. Still has not returned, even though the Mayweather fight happened in August. He was supposed to return in late December, and that never happened then. Funny thing is, Dana White said Connor's never complained about contract negotiations, and Connor is saying he only wants to come back if he gets paid more. So, uh, this is just not a good look for the UFC. But uh, what they what they what's rumored is that. They will be stripping him of his other title, the lightweight title. And, and word is that he won't return until September. If he returns in September, it will have been 20 months uh, since he has uh, fought since winning the lightweight title in the UFC. You cannot hold two titles and hold them hostage. Conor has never defended a title. And let me just say this about combat sports. Yes, a lot can be made about someone's entertainment value, how great their technique is in, 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 the, in a boxing ring or in a, in a wrestling mat, uh, in, in, in a MMA cage. Sure, we can talk about that a lot. But at the end of the day, getting to the top is one thing. Staying at the top is another. Conor McGregor has not proved that he can stay at, at top of these two divisions that he has won titles in. Because he hasn't defended any. He's refused to do so. He's looking all these for all these big fights and has yet to defend a title for the UFC. I'm not saying he can't successfully defend a title, but he's got to do it a few times to at least earn some sort of a spot, earn uh, some respect uh, as far as having that championship mentality, that championship pedigree goes, because we don't necessarily have that from Conor. We just have this amazing fighting pedigree, not a championship pedigree. We have not seen him defend a title ever, and he needs to start doing that for the UFC. Final segment of the show, let's throw some penalty flags. Alright, a lot of schools in Kansas City got Tuesday off because of weather in the single digits. Temperatures in single digits. No snow, no ice. Roads have gotten better but they canceled school because of temperatures in single digits. I never got out of school for weather in the single digits. Now, again, I know there are some schools in the area that aren't, uh, I mean, they just don't have a strong budget, so maybe there's an issue with heaters and whatnot, but uh, listen, I mean, even some of the more notable schools that have the money, that have the funds to, to provide not just a safe environment, but also a, you know a good place where you're not sweating your... Your head's off eh, just from the heat or whatnot or, or freezing during the wintertime. They have they have heaters and all those resources. But even the schools that have, uh, that are known to at least have these things, uh, they called off because of weather, uh, weather uh, just being so cold. I have never heard of schools getting canceled because of weather being cold. It's 2018. Trust me, in like five years... We're going to have a, a, an excuse for everything. Like they're going to, there's going to be a day where they're going to make the day after Halloween, November 1st, a national holiday and kids get the day off school just so they can stay up late and eat their Halloween candy. We're going to get to that point, folks. We're going to. We are becoming lazier and lazier as a society. Listen, as a kid, sure, kids love it. They, they don't necessarily understand the value of education. And listen, at the end of the day, do you really want to make up snow days? 
It's nice when you're a senior in high school because you don't have to make up for those days. But man, really, you're canceling school because of cold weather? I've never heard of this before. Never. Here's another thing I have never heard of. Uh, A couple in Denver. They did a maternity shoot. Which is common, you know, a lot of people, when the, 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 once the baby's born, they'll take baby pictures, people will do engagement poses, uh, you know, when uh, when a woman's pregnant, uh, the couple, they'll do maternity pictures, uh, I mean, they, they do all sorts of things. They did a maternity shoot for their cat. This couple from Denver, they had all sorts of poses, uh... One uh, really strange, awkward-looking photos. One of them in which they were weeping, uh, fa- foreheads in contact with her, w- with a fake big belly. Obviously, it's a cat. Uh, who knows? You know, they just put maybe a small pillow underneath her shirt. Um, what else did they do? Uh, yeah, like I said, the big belly poses, the the forehead wimping. They even have a pose making it look like. Uh, the woman gave birth to the cat. Um, like, like they went this far with it. I don't have much to say about this other than right before they decided to do this photo shoot, they must have enjoyed the weed in Denver. That's the only conclusion I can come to with this. This one is very interesting. John Jones in undefeated, well, technically not undefeated. He he lost by disqualification one of his fights, but an unbeaten UFC fighter, John Jones, he took and passed a, a polygraph test, a lie detector test to prove that he uh, unknowingly took steroids. Now listen, he's been suspended for this. His title has been stripped, and it went back to his opponent that he defeated and took the title from, Daniel Cormier. Look, uh, what does a lie detector test do uh, for the court of law? At the end of the day, you still, unknowingly or knowingly, you still took the steroids, and they were in your body, and you won with those steroids in your body. Look, uh, you've just got to accept it. And I, I know uh, John Jones's gym, Jackson Wink MMA, they're coming out in f- full force, fully supporting this news. Uh, they just look crazy with this. Listen, he took the steroids. If it was an accident, then he accidentally took it. And he's got to suffer the, the consequences for it. You know, players accidentally foul guys in basketball or they hold guys in football or, or interfere and they get called for it. It's never uh, done intentionally, uh, but what's done is done. And John Jones has to suffer the consequences for it. If he's trying to get out of it, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And trying to take a lie detector test to prove that you unknow. He passed, by the way. I don't. I forgot to mention that. He passed. And again, that means nothing to me. And hopefully USADA, the United States of America doping agency, they don't fall for any of this BS. And they follow through with his suspension because he should be serving it. If if, if he gets off the hook for this, oh boy, there are going to be a lot of uh, UFC fighters who have been in trouble with, uh, with certain banned substances they've used. They'll be super angry. for If a guy can take steroids and have his have everything be overturned 
and the suspension can be removed. Uh, so many things can can be changed, and uh, this would not be a good look for the sport. The guy took steroids. Get over it. Take your suspension. Maybe you need to have a better nutritionist or a better, better coach making sure you're not taking those supplements. That's all I can say. Big thanks to you guys for listening to the Chiefstone Podcast. This is the final week in which we will be doing two podcasts per week. So here's what's going to happen with the show now. Like I said before, I'll say it again. Uh, we're only going to be doing one podcast per week, and that will be out on Thursdays. So every Thursday, expect a new podcast. Uh, it'll be a little bit different for free agency, and when the draft is coming up the week of the draft, we'll definitely have a different schedule. But for the most part, uh, for, for now on, from now on, we're going to be having podcasts only on Thursdays. Uh, if there's any breaking news that directly impacts the Kansas City Chiefs or the NFL league-wide, then we'll immediately do a, a, a podcast. And, and there could be times where we do have two podcasts per week. So any major breaking news that, that definitely needs to be discussed right away, we'll definitely do that as well. So that's what's going to be going on with the Chiefs Zone Podcast. So big thanks to all of you guys still tuning in, still the numbers getting higher and higher even after the loss. So definitely appreciate you guys who have been tuning in, spreading the word about the Chiefs on Podcast. If you haven't, please do so. Let your friends know about the podcast. Share it on your social media pages. Let your friends know about the Chiefs on Podcast. If you enjoy the links, if you can hit that share button on social media, definitely helps the podcast out greatly. Let your friends know as well. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Interact with me on social media. Follow me on social media. Facebook.com slash Farzy Vesugian. Like and follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzy21. And email me, Farzine at Vesugian. Enjoy the conference championship games this weekend. Talk to you guys next Thursday. We'll now be going back to once a week. We'll recap the NFL conference settle games and talk about any Chiefs notes for that week. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Talk to you soon.